0: This is the Fly, the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 57. Bellinger is staying. In this segment, Crawley interviews Gordon Whitmire, beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer, longtime Cubs guy, to talk about the first place Cincinnati Reds.
1: Joining me now on the Fly, the W podcast. I'm so excited. Our friend Gordon Whitmire is back. How you doing, Gordo?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, the team I'm covering is like close to first place. It's like uh, back in the day with the Cubs.
1: Hold <laughs> hold on here because all of a sudden you go to Cincinnati and they go on a massive run. Are you taking any credit at all for that?
0: I'm taking all the credit, of course. Dude, <laughs> the Cubs didn't win a World Series for 100 years till I got there. So, you all know, right. try to tell me it's not me.
1: I, I, I got to say it's special, but we, we do got some breaking news as far as the Reds. David Bell signs a three-year contract extension. What can you tell us about David Bell uh, in the time that you've been covering the Reds? I mean, obviously, you've covered him yeah. um, with the Cubs and now with the Reds. You know, I, I, I'm kind of happy for the guy. He doesn't seem like, a you know, a jerk of any kind. And, you know, he's been going through this rebuild, which has been a long, long rebuild. And it's kind of nice to see him get rewarded.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, and uh, you know, you you mentioned it. He was with the Cubs, so I covered him there. I covered him as a player in Seattle uh, back in the '90s. Uh, you know, I, I discovered then how good a guy he was. He's also a tremendous competitor. I mean, this guy—I don't know if you've seen him argue with umpires. When when he gets angry, he's he can argue with an umpire with the best of them. He can, he can throw a Gatorade jug with the best of them. Uh, and, uh, back in his playing days, this guy was the first guy to join a fight. If, if he needed to defend his, his teammates on the field. Um, I just ran into, uh, another guy I covered. You remember Todd green, the old catcher. Yeah. 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 So I covered Todd in Anaheim and, and we had a couple beers recently. And he said, we were talking about David Bell and he said, cause David Bell is the most mild mannered guy in the world to talk to him. Soft-spoken, even a great human being just, it makes you feel like you're the most important person in the world when you're talking to him, just a great guy, but he's got this other side to him. And Todd says, Oh yeah, he's got this other side to him. He says, when I was with the angels, this must've been the year after I left. He said, uh, they got in a big fight with the Mariners. Um, and he said, he wasn't even in the game. He wasn't even on the field. And then he shows me this picture on his, on his phone he, that he kept. <laughs> and here's, here's David Bell diving in from the, from the edge of the photo onto, onto, uh, Todd, who is a big, strong guy. Like, I, I mean, he's wasn't just built like a catcher, but, this guy, I don't know if you ever saw him hit home runs when he connected, they went a long way. He's a big, strong guy. here's David Bell, little infielder diving on him. <laughs> and so that's the, that's the two sides of him. The other part of him is what a great baseball man. Um, he comes from a, a long line of baseball guys, Gus Bell, Buddy Bell, David Bell, his brother, Mike, who passed a couple of years ago. Um, just a, 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 a tremendous baseball man. You listen to him talk about baseball. And you can, you can understand every move he makes and you, and, and it's, there's, there's sound reasoning behind it all, even if you don't always agree with it, even if it doesn't always work. I, I think it's a, uh, it seemed to me like this was an inevitability. I don't know how you would have not, especially the way the team's playing. But even if the team was going along sort of as scheduled and just kind of getting incrementally better with some of these young players or, or, or some of the young players were developing, but maybe the team wasn't winning as much. I, I still think you, I, I don't know why you would have gone away from him and not extended him. So uh, I think he's uh, you know, trade uh, council's probably right at the top in that division. You know, I know people aren't going to be think, think too much of this, but I think Rossi's a good baseball guy. I think, I think Rossi's been dealt a, a flawed hand, and that's a big part of what's gone on this year. Still, the jury's out a little bit on him, but but I think you know, I like those three guys as managers in that division.
1: Right. And then the question is is counsel going to be gone next year? It looks like right. uh daddy Steve Cohen wants him on New York. So that'd be I would be happy to see Craig Council leave, to be honest, but you know, it's weird because you got this whole new thirty team, everyone plays everybody thing, and it's the Cubs have only played the Reds twice, once in April and once in May, and it had a rainout, and it had a rainout, and, rain and so I think it just what, what blows my mind though is that you know the Reds didn't start this season out really great, and 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 I remember being mad what because the Reds swept the Cubs in what was it May, and,
0: and, and in that, May that, yeah Memorial Day I believe or that weekend.
1: Right. And and not only that, they just absolutely cr- not Justin Steele crushed Justin Steele, beat Jamison Tayo. Green
0: threw six no-hit innings. I mean,
1: it was unreal. And I think you guys broke Drew Smiley. And so now <laughs> you're sitting here and but but I think to hey, me
0: it's not you guys.
1: <laughs> well, I, I
0: guess I did take credit for it. So what am I? Yeah, maybe I gotta own that
1: but but i will say in all honesty like you know that series against cincinnati bothered me cuz you guys weren't that good in cincinnati at the time and i'm like okay that should be two out of three for the cubs home you know whatever and i think that really to me that cubs series was really the start of things starting to really kind of get moving for the reds what what, do you, what, what did you see that kind of turned this
0: team around yeah you know what that's they think that too that's their that's when everything began to turn you, so this team came out of spring training with some, some loaded talent sitting at AAA, and they knew th- they were going to be strategic about when they brought some of these guys up. They wanted to see them perform and, and bring them up. You know, um, manipulating uh, uh, service time isn't the issue that it used to be, uh, although there might have been a little bit of that with the Super 2 stuff, um, maybe with a guy or two but certainly not Matt McLean. And that's where it all started. He came up on May 15th. He's got this, he's a, he's an athletic shortstop. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. He's got a nice short swing with some pop and he energized them. So it was, it was uh, about two weeks later, might have even been less than two weeks later that that Cubs series came up. So he comes in, lengthens their lineup a little bit, improves a, a really bad defense, honestly, um and so it makes their infield a lot better right away and hunter green's pitching well at that point and uh graham ashcraft was going through some some bumps and bruises he's another one of their good young pitchers um but they start scoring more runs and it's kind of stabilized that that cubs series that they swept they went into boston right after that one two out of three now you're talking about the first part of june then they, they get the Brewers and lose three, and then Andrew Abbott debuts. That was my first day, June 5th. He shuts out the Brewers, two to nothing, and he's been the best rookie pitcher in baseball ever since. He's got a 190 ERA and 10 or 11 starts. Uh, and then the next day, Ellie De La Cruz debuted. And Ellie De La Cruz was this bolt of lightning from the heavens because – he reached base a couple times. Okay, nice debut. Next day, he hits a 458-foot home run that barely didn't leave the ballpark. Uh, by the way, he hit one last weekend in Milwaukee that did leave the ballpark. It, it went through one of those uh, one of those window panes out in right field past that car that's up on the display there. Uh, and in the meantime, in, in between all that, he's stealing as many, like he breaks into the top 10 in the national league and stolen bases. He becomes the fastest guy clocked in baseball for sprint time. He becomes the fastest guy ever in the stat cast era clocked for a throw. Um, a, a, among a position player, 99.8 miles an hour on a relay throw uh, to the plate. Um, and he had 90, a couple of 97s on just throws to first. So he's got, he's got every kind of power and he's a middle infielder. Um, he's been, he's been toggling between short and third and in, in a rotation that involves McLean and some other guys. When he came up, they, they won that day. They won the next day. They lost a couple then they won 12 straight. And he was a huge part of the 12 straight. Um,
1: and when and you then, think about that, that, that's something that the big red machine didn't even do.
0: Right. They hadn't done that since the 50 year old manager's grandfather played for the team. In 1957, that's how historic it was for that team. And, and as you said, the big red machine. Every If you think great Reds teams, it's the first place you go. It's maybe the only place you go. And they never did it. Um, so, I mean, what's going on there is is real talent. It's also real young. And if they don't get some help at the deadline, I don't know how long they can sustain it, even with a couple guys coming back from the I.L. But it's been uh, amazing to watch and I'll, I'll throw one more thing in there, man. Um, I'm not a culture guy. I think that gets overused in sports so much. I, you know, talent is what wins. They've got a lot of talent, but they've also got it. It's a little bit. There's just a little bit of Joe Madden flavor to this in the sense that um, Lawrence Holmes likes to use the word superpower. It, Joe's superpower is that he can make young players believe they belong sooner than maybe they have a right to. I, I, you saw some of that in 2015, carried over into 2016. Uh, this team has a culture that does that. A uh, little bit of that's David Bell. He doesn't have the power of personality that Joe Madden did, but they have a, uh, a team environment that they've really nurtured that you know if you want to call it culture you can call it culture they call it culture all day long but it is a very supportive all-in environment um they've got one of the fastest teams in baseball just in terms of the metrics uh for the top 40 i think fastest sprint times are on that team and like 12 guys that have played this year are above average in in sprint time so they got one of the fastest teams and they really try to exploit that on the bases. Um, they've got about 500 here the last couple of weeks. And and part of that's because teams have figured out ways to slow them down, but they're, they're ultra uh, aggressive on the bases. They have a meeting every day that they call their base stealers meeting. I mean, you talk about optimism. I mean, it's not a base runners meeting. It's a base stealers meeting. And so it's basically everybody, but the catchers um, and then a, and then a coach uh, is in there they get full buy-in on that. I mean, I've never heard of that anywhere. I've never seen that anywhere. Um, Those, those Cubs guys in 15, 16, those young guys, that's a good group. They're all good guys. I can't imagine them buying in to a daily meeting every single day before every single game and getting a hundred percent. It's optional. You don't have to go to it. They get a hundred percent buy-in on that. That speaks to something. If you want to call it culture, you can call it culture. You want to call it team chemistry, you can call it team chemistry. I think it contributes to the group being better than the sum of its parts right now.
1: Right. And I and I, and I remember when McLean came up and that Cubs, I'm like, who is this guy? And like you said, now you got Ellie de la Cruz. Cubs never even faced him just yet. So that's that 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 we're kind of getting into this very interesting stretch right now where the Cubs have won, you know, they're what, seven in a row right now, and they're they're sitting here, they're rolling. And you have the Brewers and the Reds in front of you. And and if the Cubs have gotten into the weak part of their schedule, right? You had uh, St. Louis, who's not the same team they were. You had the White Sox 20 games under, waving the white flag, the Nationals. So when the Reds when, – when when Chicago travels to Cincinnati, they got a really kind of rough week coming up because it's going I to I think be, it's the other way around, right?
0: Isn't it the Reds coming – Or in? I'm sorry,
1: the Reds are coming home back to Chicago. You're right because I'm going to be at the game. So – uh, yeah, you got the Cubs. At, or you got Cincinnati at home, and then they're going to have to end up playing New York. And there's going to be and Atlanta. got at Atlanta
0: right after the Reds,
1: right? So that's where it's going to start getting a little bit tricky here. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely concerned just because th- this is where the Cubs are right now is they have to. This is going to Cincinnati is going to be the test and they have not played them with a couple of the guys that you mentioned since the last time they faced each other. So I think one of the things that people are concerned about with Cincy is the starting pitching. Would you agree that uh, I I heard, I heard that there was, you know, there's rumors that they were looking at trading with the Sox, but the Sox have gone a different direction. So, yeah, I mean, where where do you see the starting pitching for the Reds going?
0: Yeah. Their rotation uh, all season long has been among the three worst in baseball. And they've improved since the all-star break and it's basically young guys um, sort of growing. And and so they've probably, they're probably still among the four worst and they might still be among the three worst. And you know, those, the other teams, as you might imagine, are are teams like, you know, Kansas city and and Oakland, Colorado. So these are, uh, you know, the worst of the worst. That's what bad starting pitching is supposed to mean. And so they really do need to, in my mind, they have to add a starting pitcher, pitchers, somebody, even if it's a back end guy, that's a veteran who's been there. Um, there were, I thought that if you couldn't go get some of the better ones that were out there and there really aren't that many that Lance Lynn could have been a fit. They've got payroll flexibility, believe it or not, they could have just taken a flyer on him. He's got a relationship with, with bell and he's been there. His peripherals are there too. So he looks, he looks, looks like a classic fresh start guy. He also looks like a classic old guy. So, <laughs> you know, which one of those plays out, you, you're definitely taking a chance. And they were asking so much for him that, 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 that never really came into play. They would have much rather had Giolito as most teams. And then you saw how much, you know, the, the, what uh, the angels gave up for him. So, um, I don't know. I wonder at this point, I knew they were going to go down to the end. I don't, I don't know what, what they're going to get. They have to at least add a couple of relief pitchers because they've been one of the consequences of this poor rotation is that the, I think only five teams in baseball have had more bullpen innings put on them. And the bullpen has been almost heroic for the names that are out there. I mean, they've got a bona fide all-star closer. um, And then, I mean, the the one lefty in the bullpen who's done a great job, basically saved the game last night against LA is, is a guy that was a uh, minor league signing in, in the spring, Alex Young, a journeyman guy. These guys have been doing the job, but man, you've seen it over the years. If, if one side of your pitching staff puts too much weight on the other side, eventually the side that's performing starts to crack. And uh, I just think that, I mean, it's two months of sort of the, sort of the hottest, most intense baseball coming up. And I just don't know how you survive. If you don't get somebody, they, they do have a couple key guys coming off the IL that'll help, but you're going to do this all with rookies and second year guys and expect to uh, outlast the brewers and hold back the Cubs and then do anything in October. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it without getting help. And I don't know what they're going to get. It's going to go down to the last, Probably our
1: now if, if anyone's been watching any baseball fans, those Brewers uh Reds series have been really, really good series, but it seems like the Reds just kind of don't have enough to compete with them right now. Uh, do you think that's something as far as experience is concerned, or more of a talent issue?
0: I think it's 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 been pitching, just pure pitching. They got a couple of wins when Abbott pitched. I mean, uh, like like I said, his debut was against the Brewers and They'd lost three straight to him. He beat him two to nothing. He's faced him three times and beaten him twice. The time in between, they crushed him in Milwaukee. And uh, I I swear to God, it's the only time he's been hit hard. And They must have been hacking the uh, pitch com or something. (laughs) Because, and you know, there have been rumors of those guys in the past. Anyway, that's what it felt like, is that they knew what was coming. uh, He adjusted. He pitched backwards the next time he saw him up in Milwaukee. And that was the one win against him. Um, but other than that, I mean, they got shut out back to back one nothing games right before the break, coming out of the break by, by the Brewers. Uh, and then the next game was a three to nothing loss. So, three I, I, that was the first time that had happened in maybe decades uh, three consecutive uh, shutout losses, all against the Brewers. So, uh, you know, as many close games as they played you know, it was also just Brewers pitching, stifling them. I'll tell you something else. I mentioned the teams um, handling their running game better. The Brewers are really good at that uh, from a pitching standpoint as much as anything. And Corbin Burns talked about this. I went over to their clubhouse. The first, I think it was the first series of the year at Wrigley uh, and uh, talked to him after he had pitched. And I said, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. You can tell me about these new rules and what you think. And I said, I thought it was interesting that, right away in your first start, you threw over twice on a guy. And, you know, as we know, the third one is, is do or die at that point. And he said, uh, we talked a lot about that in spring training and had meetings on it as a pitching staff, trying to come up with ways to make the new rules work in our favor as a pitching staff, instead of the design favor of the, of the runner. And I think he's done that. I, you know, I think he's got the balls to do it. He's one of those guys that that knows he's got the, and the talent to do it. He's one of those guys that knows I can throw over there, and if and maybe and I probably and this is the thing they've done right the third time. Nobody thinks you're throwing a third time. So how many times have we seen guys picked off on the third throw over? Because at that point they're leaning and or they're taking an extra step. So he did that. He did that uh, at least once maybe twice since the break against the, against the reds. And uh, so their running game was almost non-existent against the Brewers after that crazy Ellie De La Cruz <laughs> steal of second, third and home within two pitches. That was their one win in a four game series. They're up there right before the break.
1: Now, if the Cubs are going to win this series, or at least split—I mean, you know—at this point, like I said, we're we're running low on time. Splits just burn days off the calendars. What do you think the Cubs are going to need to do if they are going to win this series against Cincinnati?
0: Well, the big the big thing is what they're doing right now, right? I mean, last night, what was the score last night? Uh, lower. Vote, to, are you talking about the Cubs game? The Cubs game. Three to two. Three two. Yeah. Three two. Before that, I think they'd average something like seven runs a game for a week. That's, that's what they need to do because right now the, the Reds are in L.A. Um, they should have – I hope I got this right. I, I think they've got Abbott and Ashcraft in that Dodgers series. Um, only one of those guys would be able to pitch – well, I'll put it this way. I don't know if either one of those guys pitches the day before the all the day before the trade deadline. So they won't influence uh, anything for the Cubs that way. Um, But uh, other than that, it's you got to take advantage. You got to you got to take advantage of that starting pitching. Um, And uh, (laughs) if if you want a scouting report, uh, if you want to mitigate your L.A. De La Cruz damage, throw a lefty because he's so far, even though he's a natural right-handed hitter, technically he started switch hitting when he was like eight or 10. Um, he's just a guy right-handed. He's mm-hmm. dangerous as hell left-handed. Plus he's that much closer to first base to beat out a grounder. Uh, so, and that's where he gets all his power. It's where he does all, all his damage. So uh, start Smiley, start steel in that series. And then, and then take advantage Of their pitching, but this is this team leads the national league and comeback wins. They first week I covered them, they came back from two four run deficits and a six run deficit, um, to beat the um, well, they did the Dodgers in back to back games, and then oh, it was in a week because they went into Houston, they swept Houston at Houston and came back from a big deficit. These guys. I mean, they're just too young to know any better. They're friggin' <laughs> idiots. Um, they think they can win every game, even when they fall behind. Their worst starting pitcher, Luke Weaver, has like an eight and a half, nine ERA or something like that. They're nine and one in his last ten starts. Oh my god! And almost all of them, they fall behind big early, and they wind up coming back and winning. So it's that's one of those fluke things. Uh, but uh, they're. It's going to be – after facing the White Sox and the Cardinals, if they're not ready for high energy, it's going to be a massive wake-up call in that first game. They should be. Scouting reports should tell them that. But they, they will have just spent a week playing a couple of dead teams walking. And sometimes that can lull you a little bit into thinking, yeah, you know, we got it going. You know, we're going to come in here. And these guys are just going to – well – can I say bitch slap? Yeah. Gonna, I mean, they're going to just come in and, 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 and just kind of pester you to death. Um, they, they, every, everybody in that lineup, they might have the best number nine hitter in a game. Um, Will Benson. Will Benson's hitting it better than anybody this side of Shohei Otani for about the last month or two. And he, and he just sits there lurking in the nine hole. He only plays against right handers So again, make sure you start the lefties in the series. Um, but this this guy's really dangerous. They got him for nothing from uh, Cleveland last year. And he's one of the few guys. He's 25 years old. He's one of the few guys that has playoff experience, and he's been he's been raking. And it's not an aberration.
1: All right. Well, at least you've gotten Cub fans here prepared, Gordon. When, where can Cub fans follow you and get more information about the Reds before the start, series starts here?
0: Well, you can get it from Charlie Goldsmith, who's uh, who's my backup who's out in LA uh, filling in for me leading up to this. Um, it, it, I think he's just C is it C under it's some weird C underscore goldsmith. Just look up Charlie Goldsmith. Um, and he does a good job out there. Uh, so uh, you'll be, yeah, you'll definitely, you'll definitely be prepared to know what to look for. If you follow him this weekend, um, I, it's going to be a great series, man. You know, Cubs haven't faced the Braves yet. That's going to be big. The, the Reds are done with them. The Reds are done with Milwaukee. Um, this is, this is really going to go, you know, whoever, if the Reds fall out of it, you know, it could be Cubs brewers down a stretch and I think they finish with each other. If, if the Cubs fall out of it, it could be Reds brewers and they don't play each other the rest of the way uh, there is, it's going to be fascinating, not just to see what happens at the trade deadline, but everything that comes after that in this division. Because now, instead of just being a crap division, it looks like there's a, it, a couple, two and a half good teams. And I don't know who the half is. I don't know which one I'm identifying as the half. But there's two and a half good teams in there where like the AL Central is still just all crap. Oh, but yeah. th- there, might be a, there, there might be a wild card comes out of this division. All righty. Well,
1: if you are interested, you can follow Gordon at GWMLB. Gordon, excited for your return to Chicago. Thank you for jumping on and giving us some background on the Reds. And I wish you guys luck the rest of the season. Well, I don't know if I wish you luck. I wish the Cubs finish ahead of you, but that you get to enjoy the rest of the season.
0: Uh, You too, Crowley. Thanks for having me on.